This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college football fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Whitmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are coming at you this week. Uh, Live you- from New York City. I, I, I almost wish. I almost said I wish, but no, I love Chicago too much. We're coming live at you from Chicago. How about that, Brandon? We're coming at you live from New York City. This is Saturday Night Live. Except it's no. a it's a Monday night, Brandon. I know, it's but it'd Monday be so much night. fun to be on Saturday Night Live and just make fun of anyone we wanted to. Well, we do Don't that here. Don't we do that anyway? We do that here. Just no one sees us do it. But we've got a jam-packed show. Notice I said hello, college football fans. Is We're talking about everything football in this podcast. We're kind of now transitioning into our off-season kind of time where we look forward to a football season that hopefully hopefully brings us joys and not many tears as our favorite teams try to make the climb to the national championship game. But we're going to be talking some NFL draft early, Carson Wentz versus Jared Goff. Then we're going to turn our attention to USC. And then finally, some way too early college football playoff predictions. But Brandon... We're going to look in the NFL draft, and I know before I get started, the disclaimer has to be said. This stuff, just this draft stuff, doesn't appeal to you. Like, it appeals to everybody else, especially me. Yeah, no, it doesn't appeal to me. Do not care. Um, Someone, I usually just look at the draft as, I really hope the Bears just get one person that's good and uh, about done with it. Don't really care. Don't really want to care. And uh, that there you have it. <laughs> Brandon's like, there you have it. I don't care. See, I'm on the other side. I love just analyzing the who's going to go here, who's going to go where. Wait a second. Could this team go BPA or could they go need? And just really like micro analyzing everything. And I guess another reason why I, I hate it so much because everyone does it. Everybody does it. Well, like, everyone has like draft. But what's but that's that's the stupid. Everyone's thing. got nope, a draft. But but they only put that out because they think people care about what they think. I think people care. I think what people it, should care about Todd McShay <laughs> and Mel Kiper. So the big boys. They're the only ones that matter because they're the closest ones to the situation. Here's the thing I think about mock drafts. And, and I, we'll and I love us. And then I love we, us. But And then we'll get into the Wentz-Goff discussion. But the thing I love about mock drafts, and I love that there are so many different opinions on mock drafts, it's because... All we care about deep inside is exactly what you mentioned at the beginning, where you said, oh, well, I kind of just want to see who the Bears get, and then I don't care. That's all people care about. What is this person? Who does this person have my team drafting? And that's all anyone really cares about is what their team is doing. No, I didn't even say I care about who the Bears get. I said I just hope that they get someone good. I don't care who it is, whatever. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not going to watch it anyways. Here's the NFL draft. All right, the Los Angeles Rams took, you know, Jared Goff, and that's it. That's all I really want to watch because the rest of it is boring. See, I love the stuff, and we're going to look at one of the guys that you just mentioned, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. And, a little mini disclaimer. I said it twice. And first disclaimer, now second disclaimer. We're looking at the college side. We're looking how these guys played in college. We're not looking at the Rams. We're not looking at their team. 
We're not looking at any of the NFL teams. We're looking at, based on what these two did in college, who should be or who is worthy enough to be the number one pick in this draft. And Brandon, the one thing, the first thing that I think of when I look at these two is, yes, Carson Wentz was a senior, but he didn't start all four years. Yeah, his team won four straight national titles, but for two of the, I want to say it was two of those, he was on the bench. The second two, he helped win for the North Dakota State Bison. However, for Jared Goff, he's not, to me, a legit number one pick because A, came out of the spread in college, which we've seen guys, some guys can come into the NFL, boom, switch to the pro style. Some guys can't. They can't get wrap their head around this pro style after being in the spread for so long. And I kind of think, you know what? Go with Wentz. He's more NFL ready. He came from a system more established to the pro style. He can run with the ball. He can throw the ball. He's a guy that he reminds me a lot of Big Ben in a way because he'll either run to extend the play, he'll run just to run and gain yards, or he can throw it. Jared Goff to me is a guy who's going to need a few years to sit and learn the pro style. Yeah, he's accurate, but he needs to learn the pro style coming from the spread at Cal. I got to completely disagree with you. Uh, I think that I think that you're wrong. I, I think that Jared Goff is actually the guy who I think I look at and I see this guy's going to be a franchise quarterback. This guy's got the tools. I think this guy has better tools. Jared Goff has better tools than Carson Wentz. And Jared Goff knows how to play on a shitty team. And that's really good because he's, he's going to go gonna be on and one. play on a shitty team. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's why when you go number one, you know what you're getting yourself into. You know, you know you're going to a bad team. Just thank God you don't have to go to the Cleveland Browns. Hopefully. Hopefully you don't have to go to the Cleveland Browns because that is a shit storm. So if you take a look at it, the reason I say that he knows how to play on a bad team, when he came in to Cal, their first season with him, 1-11. Team had no talent. They sucked. They were terrible. The guy suffers an injury. Both quarterbacks suffer an injury in their time. That's one thing that is easily relatable to them. They both had to overcome that adversary of an injury and overcame it and both look good. But Goff is a guy who literally started from the bottom. Now he's here. And I really think that he has more of the tools to succeed. I think that, yes, you talk about, oh, you're worried about him going from this spread to the... Pro style, I, I just don't think he's going to have a problem. If he wants to play out of the shotgun, he plays out of the shotgun. I mean, my gosh, there's so many teams who play out of the shotgun primarily. The New England Patriots, not too bad of a team. I, I think that you go with Jared Goff, you, you know what you're getting for the most part. I mean, he can struggle with his accuracy at times early on in the ballgames, but so can many quarterbacks. Jay Cutler struggles with his accuracy early on in games. But I think that when it comes down to it, you put these quarterbacks side by side, you're getting two pretty good quarterbacks. You know, they say that Jared Goff, they you can compare him to a Matt Ryan. 
and Carson Wentz can compare him to a Blakey Bortles. Both Matt Ryan and Blake Bortles have had success in the NFL. One of them is way too young. Like Matt Ryan, you can kind of come in and say, okay, well, we have a idea of what his career has been, whereas the comparison to Blake Bortles, it's like, okay, he's been in the league two years. He's still a baby in the NFL. But but doing well. I yeah. mean, doing well, but you also on have to look— On a team that has promise now. But you, I was just going to say, he's doing well on a team mm-hmm. that you look at— I mean, Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson, they could be the next wide receiver, pardon me, wide receiver duo in the NFL. The top, one of the top wide receiver duos in the NFL. They really could. Blake Bortles has a lot of talent around him, but he's a talented quarterback himself. Matt Ryan, we know what Matt Ryan can do. Good things. Struggled at times, but he's a good quarterback. I really think that it comes down to it. Jared Goff is the pick because I think long-term Jared Goff is going to, I think he's going to be a really fast learner, and I think that he is a guy that you build around for your team. Now, I also said uh, coming into this last draft, uh, again, drafts, I love talking about them, but I, I said how I believed that it was going to be, oh, what's his name on the, uh, Marcus Mariota. Oh, he's going to be the one. He is going to be better. Well, didn't necessarily show it this year. Struggled with some injuries. And Jameis Winston actually played well. It's only one season, though. Exactly. But I think long-term, Mario is still going to be the guy. I like to think that I'm going to be right with this one. That it's going to be Jared Goff. I watched him, his, uh, his, his quarterback camp, whatever it was, with, with, John, with John Gruden. Really liked him. Really liked him. Seemed like a really stand-up guy. He's a Cali guy. Like, he's going to go surfing. That's his thing. Uh, but I really I think that this kid is good. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. He knows adversity. He knows how to handle that. Mm-hmm. You come into the NFL, most likely you're not going to deal with success right away. Knowing that is good. I think Jared Goff is the pick for the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah, it's still weird to say that, right? The Los Angeles Rams instead of the St. Louis Rams. But no, I mean, the thing that between these two quarterbacks, the biggest thing that I hate hearing, because to me it doesn't really matter, is, oh, well, Carson Wentz played in, at an FCS school and Jared Goff played at a Power 5 school. He played it against tougher competition. And the way I see it is, yeah, these guys have played against tougher competition, meaning golf, but there have been guys that have played against weaker foes, some of which who have won Super Bowls, one of them being Joe Flacco, who came from Delaware. And I look at, to me, I know some of these schools that I'm referencing are D1, but it's like the MAC Conference. Is the MAC Conference really the same as golf coming from Cal, no, but like Big Ben came from Miami of Ohio. You've got Russell Wilson. Yeah, he came from Power 5, but he went away for a little bit and then came back. You've got Colin Kaepernick, who played really well, brought his team to a couple NFC championships and a Super Bowl to lose to that Joe Flacco from Delaware. Kaepernick came from Nevada. So 
I really, between these guys from the college side, I throw that discussion of FCS versus Power 5 out the window. It's cute to talk about at first, but these two guys are both, no matter which one you take, you're getting a guy who is going to be ready to play for your team day one. And really, that's what the Rams need. And it's funny, I'm looking at an article on NFL.com where they're asking all these writers and scouts for the website, who would you take? They're doing the same thing we have done, and I'm looking through, and it's basically 50-50. Half of them are taking Wentz, half of them are taking Goff, and it's really about who you like better. For me, I like the guy who is has a little bit of a bigger frame, has about, I want to say, a two, 237 to 215, so Wentz has about 20 more pounds on Goff. He's got bigger hands. He's got longer arms. He's about an inch taller. He's the bigger guy, and that's the guy I'm going to take. He's tall, athletic, can run with the ball. I like the Blake Bortles comparison, but I even like to compare him, especially when he runs with the ball. He reminds me of a Big Ben. And then when you go on top of it, when I was I did a little research on Wentz early on in the process, and I pulled up Carson Wentz's draft profile from ESPN, and then I found Andy Dalton's from ESPN, where they give like the grades, so like one being the best, four being the worst in each of the different categories, and each category was eerily the same. It was nearly the same in every single category to Andy Dalton. So the way I see it from Carson Wentz is he's a guy that can run with the ball. He's tall, athletic. He's a proven winner. I I will give you, I will give you what you said about Goff with the overcoming adversity and being on a shitty team. It helps when you're on a shitty team and you know how to act. You're not a little baby about it. But you're coming in, you're getting Wentz, you're getting the, to me, you are getting the total package. However, Goff is not, it's not like these guys are light years apart. They are like microscope, like that small of a difference between the two. And for me, it's Wentz, a centimeter, maybe even smaller, maybe even like an atom size away from Jared Goff. Yeah, you know, I think that I I definitely think that both of them though, like I, I said it I said it before, they both had to come over uh, overcome adversity with, with, with injuries and that's huge. I mean because you have to not only continue to be physically you know, rigorous and stand a rigorous schedule mm-hmm. to get back quick. You also have to be mentally tough about it. That is huge. Overcoming an injury within sports is humongous. And I, I I absolutely give it to both of them for being able to do that. And then Wentz coming back the next year and and playing and playing well. He's a smart guy. He's got a great work ethic. I just like I said, I think Goff, I would put him above Wentz, not far, but I would put him up there. 
I, I, I like him because I, I like that he likes to play in an up-tempo mm-hmm. offense. Like, let's go. Let's give me give me the ball. Let's go. Not necessarily Chip Kelly. Okay, we need to run a play within two seconds. <laughs> Get to the fucking line. Come on. You know what I mean? But I, I like to keep the, the yeah. up-tempo offense, keep the defense having to switch back and forth, not knowing what to do, stuff like that. But then he also has to watch out for the zone defense the, mm-hmm. and the defenders coming up underneath and undercutting the route. So that's one thing that maybe another knock against him. But I really, I, I think they're both going to be quality, mm-hmm. but I, I, I like Goff as, as number one. Well, it's interesting because the last thing I'm going to say before we move on is two snippets from this article I will leave in the description for you guys so you guys can see it, is Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com. When he made the pick of for him, it's Wentz. He said, and I quote, Wentz is the superior prospect. In fact, he's better than Blake Bortles, or he's better than Blake Bortles was coming out of Central Florida. And the last thing from this article that you guys will see, a lot of the consensus from each writer that they asked is a lot of them are saying Goff may be the fit right now for the Rams, but Wentz has the upside and can be the the better prospect in the long term. And let's say this. No one has a freaking clue. No, nobody. Remember I everybody think, that like I think that uh, Jamarcus Russell was gonna be, be great very good and he'll be good long term. How about term. when he's three hundred pounds? How about when he can't throw the damn ball? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's he didn't even have to be three hundred pounds to not throw it. Remember he Ryan never Leaf? Never was good. Remember Ryan Leaf? Everyone remembers Ryan Leaf. <laughs> he will never <laughs> leave people's minds. That was horrible. No one knows mm-hmm. because people thought, man, this Johnny Manziel guy is going to be okay. Little did they know he was an alcoholic. And addicted to drugs. You know? Things like that. Remember how good Robert Griffin was supposed to be? Second overall pick. Hey, you in the know, draft. God God bless him. I mean, he may not be that good of a teammate, but you know, God God bless him. He, he tried. But this is where you guys go <laughs> That's down below. Now why the Browns got him. No. He'll be okay. We'll just give him another chance. You guys go down below in the comment section. Let us know who you would take, Wentz or Goff. And let us know why. You know, we told you why. We would take Goff over once. Let us know why you would take one or the other. Right down below, folks. But we're going to move on, and we're talking about USC football. And for a second, you may be, Ricky, why? This team sucks. Well, the reason why— We are why, also agreeing with you. <laughs> yes, this team does suck. The reason why we're talking about it, we're not talking about it because, you know, we're trying to tell Rams fans that, hey, there is a pro football team— that plays in Southern Cal, and their name is the Trojans. But it's about comments, and there's an article on ESPN that blankly says, Clay Helton's USC mission, no more Hollywood. And you may ask, well, Ricky, what does that mean? Offensive tackle Zach Banner came out and said some things about what he thinks is the problem. The The best way that it was described in the article is it was a filibuster-like rant at a reporter who didn't even ask what the problem was with USC. He just felt like he had something to say. And Brandon, the the main quote from this that I love is when Banner says, and I quote, I think the issue is in the past that we have had 
in between Coach Carroll and Coach Helton, everything in between, every single coach, every single player, because the coach allowed it, everyone wanted to be Hollywood. Everyone saw the type of star power Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart had when they were winning games, video game covers, Heisman trophies, commercials. Some people came to SC just to be a part of that power, end quote. And what I would say to anyone who is going who who was who is coming to USC right now who is going to USC do not compare yourselves and try and be the star power of Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart cuz guess where their careers are over yeah, they may have made it on a couple of covers. But they were kings of the mountaintops when it came to college they football. They were kings of the mountaintop when it came to college football, yes. But here's the thing, is that that is rare. That is rare when you have a guy, you know, they were put in the stardom, they were put put on the pedestal, and they were put there. And I think a big part of it was because it was... California. Well, it's L.A. It, it, it was Hollywood. It's L.A. And but but here's the thing, is that you can even go over to, let's say, Alabama, a team that wins all the damn time. Derrick Henry is not even put up on that big of a pedestal. Well, no, because the way Nick Saban runs his team is it's the team and nobody's above the team. That's what I'm trying to say. That is what I'm trying to say. I was going to say the same thing. That's what I was thinking in my head. You look at all different programs. You look at Iowa. You look at Ohio State. Mm -hmm. You look at Michigan. Now Michigan. There is no one. I thought you were talking about the Brady Hoke uh, Michigan teams. Those are the teams we want to talk about, right? <laughs> there is no one above the team. There's no one above the team. There is no one that's placed on that high of a pedestal. Mm-hmm. I don't know of anyone outside of Mark Sanchez getting on a GQ cover and doing photo shoots while they're a college athlete. Well, but for GQ, you know, I mean, they're they're on you know covers of ESPN. Um, the magazine and stuff like that, but it's it's very it's very weird that that Matt Leinart was part of that. Matt Leinart's actually a tool bag, by the way. Um, if anyone didn't already know you that, hate, you he's hate kind Matt of a, a loser. You hate um, Matt Leinart. Well, because he is a loser, he's gonna yell at people because he didn't do well in the NFL, and he's gonna wait, Well, you didn't give me the opportunity. He sucked, dude. What can we? What else can we do? We cannot help put the ball in your hand and then walk it to the receiver. My gosh, gosh, he's so horrible. Anyways, getting back to it, you can't have anyone who's better than the team because then you lose the team aspect of it Mm -hmm. and it becomes me, 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 me. How do I get there? How do I do well? No, no, because if you're doing well, that's great. But if, if the team's not doing well, if the team loses, but you're happy that your stats were good, so you'll look good to everybody, that is bad. That is a bad team player because you're not a team player. Well, and it seems like to me, reading this article, based on the con- like the what Banner is actually coming out of his mouth, it seems like Coach Helton is putting together 
the kind of structure that you need. Because the one thing that Banner mentions is it like he mentioned, it starts from the top. It starts from the coach. You have to have that foundation. And the exact quote is, um, that's why everybody is so solid with Coach Helton. Everyone realizes you have to have a solid foundation in terms of a head coach. And another one I'm going to bring out that you didn't really mention, and it's interesting because this coach that I'm about to mention has possibly, he's done well with two teams, but has possibly had one of the most famous college quarterbacks that didn't do anything that like Matt Leinart or uh, Mark Sanchez did, and that's Urban Meyer. Was able to do it at Florida. That's where he had Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, everyone loved Tim Tebow. The difference is Tim Tebow wasn't that Hollywood kind of player. He was humble. He was, you know what, the glory of God, and he mentioned God in every interview. And then Urban Meyer wins, does, okay, it's all about the team here. Then he goes to Ohio State and does the same thing. Nobody's above the team. Look at their quarterbacks for Ohio State. Broxton Miller comes in. You're the quarterback. No, you're not. Here's Cardell. Cardell comes in. No, you're not. Here's JT. JT, you're out. Cardell's back in. Urban Meyer didn't care. He just wanted the best player on the field, and I think that's what USC is getting at. Helton, Helton has looked at Ohio State, who has won a national championship recently. Alabama, who's won a plethora of trophies over the past few years with Nick Saban. It all starts with this team. It all starts with just, you know what, doing your job, winning games, and to me, you can't, even if even if you are that one player that's like, man, if we still, like, I want to be famous. Well, guess what? You're not going to be known if you don't win football games. You can't put the cart ahead of the horse. And I guess you take a look at it. What's interesting is that with USC, of what I can remember, it was the people like Reggie Bush, Leinert, Sanchez, all those guys. But, like, you take a look at Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley wasn't even as highly regarded as some of those guys were. I mean, it was like those three that were just the almighty gods. No one else that I can remember was like that. Not at USC, not really at any program. Not that I can remember. Well, I mean, I think what it was was after Pete Carroll, you had the Lane Kiffin era. Which was a good era. Which really good. not good a good era. And then that, that 2013 season, which I feel like USC should have made this move to make Helton the head coach at the end of the 2013 season. And the reason why I say that is in 2013, USC had three different head coaches technically. They had Lane Kiffin, they had Ed Orgeron, and then they had Clay Helton. Should have just made Helton the coach right there. You would have set this whole movement back two years, and now it'd be like we're talking about this in the year 
2018. What we're going to be saying then, if it worked or if it didn't, because let's be honest, the Sarkeesian era didn't work. And I just feel like with, with the Trojans, it was great at the time when Pete Carroll was there because, of course, everything's going to be Hollywood. You're in L.A. and you're winning. That puts you at kings of the mountaintop, especially during that era when you didn't have a pro football team in the area to challenge you. You were the team that if you liked football in L.A., unless you were from way back in the past when the Rams and Raiders were in L.A., you were a Trojan fan. That's who you rooted for when it came to football because you didn't really have a pro team because L.A. didn't have a pro football team. And I think that we lost a little bit of the Hollywood as the years went on. But it was, I am not going to knock that there were players that went to USC because they saw that and said, I want that. I want to be Hollywood. I want to go there. I want to live the life of L.A. I want to have the big sunglasses and even, I want to have all the well, hot girls, and man, you can't knock them for that. It even goes back to, oh, what issue was it? It was one of the Sports Illustrated um, swimsuit issues when they had the DVD when, um, oh, I think it was Jimmy Buffett or whoever was the singer um, singing the songs, and they had the USC band for one of the photo shoots and they asked one of the kids in the documentary, why do you guys wear sunglasses? And the kid goes, Oh, it's cause our future is so bright. That's just how LA is. That's how it is. It's this like, I'm not going to say arrogant, but this like cocky living the high life, famous life, all the celebrities are out there. And of course, when you're the best football team in town, you're going to get some of that recognition, some of that celebrity to you. Absolutely. I I do not disagree with you at all. I think that's exactly what it is. But I think that the ship that Helton is trying to run right now, and he is running, is definitely going to help make this a better football program. And I mean, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush, they weren't the only ones that were the head of the mountaintop. I mean, you had Carson Palmer before Matt Leinart. You had Ray Malaluga, Troy Palamalu. Um, I'm trying to think of the one. Marquise Lee, the hot shot wide receiver coming out, then goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's a prime example of the draft. Hot shot wide receiver for the Trojans. Oh, he's going to be great coming to the NFL. And then doesn't pan out like we want him to. Matt Barkley, another one. Yeah, that Marquise Lee, I'll tell you what, being the fifth wide receiver on the Jaguars, <laughs> that is a high honor. Top 10 pick, right, Marquise Lee? He was a top 10 pick, I believe. Brandon's looking at me like, oh, Ricky, I don't know. You're, I don't know. I barely, I barely know who guy. he is now. You're asking the wrong guy. No, no, he was supposed to be. He was a second rounder. See. Second rounder. See? They oh, he's 39th overall. Don't worry, he'll be the number one pick. <laughs> 15th. But that, but that is it for our USC talk. Let us know down below. Just like the first segment, let us know down below what you guys think. Uh, is USC going to be good by taking the Hollywood out of their team? Will they be back at the top 
of the Pac-12, maybe a college football playoff team. And that's going to be our segue into our last segment. Brandon, I'm going to throw it to you because you love to talk this. You love the way too early stuff. Oh, who's it's your, riveting. Who, who's your front runners early on for the 2016 college football playoff? Oh, well, Ricky, you know, I, I think about this stuff daily because I just enjoy it so much. Um, <laughs> let's... I, I love I love the college football. Can you guys tell Brandon talk. loves the preseason? He but, loves but, the off season. But the way 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 too early stuff is just not really up my alley. But okay, of course I'll uh, you, you got to put Alabama in there. Uh, they uh, will be going back to defend their their title. I I, I think that. You lose a great a great running back in Derrick Henry, but you've got a a good guy coming up right behind him, I think, and 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 pretty much a bruiser, just like Henry was. So I think that Alabama is back. I I would really I would really like to think Clemson is going to be there again uh, after not being able to finish their goal last year. Uh, I'd love to see Clemson get there again and make another run. Uh, I, I I'm thinking another team, possibly Stanford, uh, possibly see Stanford in there. As a, a third team, and then a, a fourth team that I'll throw out after not thinking about this at all. Um, <laughs> let's see, let's see who else. Who else can I throw in there as a as a sleeper? How about Iowa? How about Do they have enough to come back? I was going to say, how about no? Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I'll just go with three teams for now because who really cares, anyways? Um, Iowa. So you say Iowa? You think you think Iowa's going to come back? Well, no. I mentioned that because there's. Yet again, an article I was reading where they state why Iowa is not going to make it to the college football playoff. And that really, like reading that article, it made me think, okay, who's a team that could be much like Iowa in the fact that, you know what, they could just run away with the show and win their, not... Iowa didn't win it, but make it to the conference championship game. If they want to make it to the college football playoff, they pretty much have to win their division. And right now, I don't know what it is, Brandon. Maybe it's because uh, of their their football coach. But the one thing, I'm not going to say they're making the college football playoff. I'm not as confident in this team as I was in their basketball team. But the Texas Longhorns shut your mouth could be on the rise. Shut your dirty whore mouth and could, go back to your home on Whore Island. Could be on the rise, and I say that because I was perusing through ESPN during my lunch today, and I see the headline: Freshman quarterback Shane uh, Bushili impresses in the Texas spring game, and I just thought to myself, there it is. There's the beginning. Charlie Strong's going to have his boys ready to go. And here's the thing that I thought. I thought that you were going with the Texas Longhorns because somehow Shaka Smart was being recruited to coach the the team. He could be the assistant head coach, man. He could be that assistant head coach, make the run. No, I'm going to throw out a team, a Big Ten team, actually, who can make a run this year, even though it may pain me to say this. You ready for it? Yes. Northwestern. They were a six and two team in the conference last year, ten and three overall. A year or two ago, I want to say it was two years ago. Now, that that season was a fluke. 
for Northwestern. It was the same year that my Illinois Fighting Illini were able to beat Northwestern to become bowl eligible at 6 and 6. That season was a fluke for Northwestern. I feel like they are going to just kind of stepping stone up for this year because really Iowa is the main contender in the it, the Big 10 West is weak. It, it's something we all know. You're you're sitting there going, Ricky, this is stuff we know. You don't have to tell us that the Big Ten Conference is weak. You don't have to tell us that the or the Big Ten West is weak, that somebody from the Big Ten West is gonna make a run. This year I think Iowa could be that team. I am high on Illinois as I always am early on, but I'm really high on them more than usual because they actually got a head football coach. They actually have a coach that I can believe in. And part of me wants to go to the SEC and pick a Texas A&M with, okay, they got their new quarterback in Trevor Knight. However, I can't do that because they're the exact, like if the Big Ten West is the weakest division in all of college football, what does that say for the SEC West? That's the toughest division in all of college football. And plus, Alabama's in that conference, or in that division. So if you're Texas A&M, I'm sorry, you're not going to win the SEC West. Here's a serious team, though. We talked about them a little last week because they open up against Texas A&M. Our boy, sophomore year, could Josh Rosen lead the Bruins of UCLA to not only a Pac-12 South championship, but a Pac-12 Together championship, yeah, that's how I'm going to say it, a Pac-12 together championship, and make the college football playoff. That would be something. What if it was like Stanford-UCLA in the Pac-12 championship, winner goes on to the CFP? You know, that would be interesting. We'll, we will have to see how he does. Um, I think Rosen, he definitely has some some room to grow, as I've, I've said that before. Uh, I'm interested to see what happens, though, because he he did a nice job this past year. I'm I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see what we get out of him this year moving forward. You know, we're just going to have to wait and see. And you know where the championship game is this year, right? It's at an outdoor stadium this year. Right, I'm not sure. I'll give you a hint. Lovey Smith used to be the coach for this team. Not the not, Bears. Who was he the coach of after the Bears? Not at, um, it's going to be at Raymond James? Yep, it's going to be at Raymond James. We've got our two semifinal games. will be the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, one of me and Brandon's favorite places to go eat, which is going to be it. held at the Georgia Dome, and then the Fiesta Bowl at U of Phoenix Stadium in Glendale. Those are going to be on New Year's Eve. And then July 9th, Monday, July 9th, Raymond James Stadium, the host of uh, college football Playoff championship next year. It's in Georgia at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. So that's going to be nice before it goes to Levi and then the Superdome. Oh, riveting places. Mark's look, or Brandon's looking. I called you Mark. Brandon's looking going, oh, great. More more stadiums to look at. More future years to look at that I don't care about. But I'm thinking more indoor stadiums. I'm all about the outdoor stadium. Well, Levi, I'm sorry. Levi Stadium's an outdoor one. That's the one in Cali, the well, new that, one that in one, Cali. Yeah. I, that one, but you, you said the, the Georgia Dome. No, it's going to be whatever the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's the new one they're building. 
so I don't know if that one's going to be. I haven't paid attention to that one enough. Okay, because I was going to say be, because the one in Atlanta right now is indoor, and yeah. then the Mercedes Benz no, is the Georg- indoor and Saint. Uh, pardon me, in Louisiana. No, the Georgia Dome is closing. They are getting Good. rid of that. Good. And they are actually. I'm looking at some views of the Mercedes Benz Stadium right now, just like the artist depiction. What it looks like is that somebody took the roof and put a huge hole in it for an alien abduction, just in case the aliens come that day and say, you know what, we, we want to abduct your best college football players. That's how they can do it. There's a big, stupid hole in the I'll put a picture in the description. It looks stupid to me. A big, stupid hole? Is yeah. that is that compared to just a, a hole? I hope this is not what it looks like. I hope this is not what it really looks like because... That would be horrible, but I would hate to have a stupid hole in the top. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the primetime podcast for this week. Let us know what you think about any of the things we talked about today. Who's gonna make the college football playoff? Is USC gonna be there? Are they gonna be good enough to make the playoffs this year? And then who would you take? Jared Garf or Jared Goff, not Gurf, Jared Goff. Jared Gurf. Or Carson Wentz. It's it's been a long one. And it's, this been a, day it's, it's been a Monday. Has finally been over. I want to thank you guys for checking out this podcast, whether it's on SoundCloud or YouTube. If you are on SoundCloud, go ahead, hit that heart button, that follow button, that repost button. It really helps us out. If you're on YouTube, it's easy. Like and subscribe so you're always tuned in to the MVP content. You can follow us on Twitter. Brandon's at young underscore swan 19. I'm a Ricky Widmer. Most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod. You can also catch us on Snapchat. At the same name, Most Valuable Pod. Thank you guys for checking out this podcast. We will talk to you guys next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.